It's the Dogcast, episode 243, Dogs versus the Volunteers. Get your head up, baby. We got some football to play. Dogcast episode number 243. Old Dog, we got a big game this week. Dogs versus the Volunteers. Let me tell you something, Old Dog. Somebody is going to leave Sanford Stadium on Saturday in nightmare mode. Uh, There is no doubt about it. And let's hope it's the Vols. Let's hope it's the Vols, buddy, because I'm telling you what, big game. As usual, we're bringing you the pregame show. We're here in the bunker. Um, you know, this time last year, old dog, uh, a few days from now, we were talking about, uh, Jonathan Crompton and how he just wasn't that good. And we're, we're yeah. going to tune him up and <laughs> look at his stats and everything, you know. And then we remember he went, he went, he went beyond Crompton on us. Yes, he did. 472 yes, yards, hung 45 points on our defense, and we lost 45 to 19. Now, here we are a year later. And uh, a lot has changed. Um, Lane, we're Kiffin, beyond Willie. Yeah, we're we're beyond <laughs> Martinez. Uh, Lane Kiffin's not there anymore. Um, lots of things have changed, you know. And uh, Willie Martinez is not here anymore. So um, we've had a lot of news out of camp this week. A lot of camp, a lot of news out of the dogs this week. Um, changes being made. How you feeling about uh, practicing in pads? We practiced in pads so hard on Monday that Marlon Brown got hurt. We we had players getting in fights on Monday, man. Aaron White and Bakari Rambo getting in a fight on Monday. Well, I'm I, I like it. I'm glad to see it. And you know, we we probably should have been practicing in pads on Monday for the last two years. <laughs> I tell you, I agree with that, man. Um, we have been, and also Coach Rick taking a. And something I actually have been against, but because uh, I kind of liked his style on this thing, but. Um, you know, he's decided to change his strategy, and he's not going to follow the team out of the tunnel. This week, he's going to lead the team out of the tunnel, kind of uh, what I like to call Tommy Tuberville-esque. That was Tommy Tuberville's big thing, you yeah. know, the whole linked arms coming out of the tunnel in the front row kind of thing. Um, Coach Rick is going to lead the team out of the tunnel. He's going to lead the team. He's going to visibly, literally lead the team on the field. Um Sim- well, you know, symbolic or do you care or what? No, no. I mean, and and I I know those were two changes that kind of got publicized a lot. The one I I think was necessary, and I really do like. I think the harder we can practice, and the more tackling we can practice, the better we are. Practicing being in the right position, things like that. Sure. I'm glad that we busted ass on Monday. I kind of put Coach Rick leading the team out. That ranks right up there with, you know, black jerseys, black helmets. We don't need – we're beyond gimmicks. Yes, I agree. You know, we don't need all black uniforms, all silver, all white, all orange, purple, green, whatever. <laughs> we just need to go out and play up to our potential. And before we get going any further, there are two things that I want to say, one to the fans, one to the players. First off, to the fans. 
if any of you have the intention of walking into Sanford Stadium on Saturday at high noon and booing your team, then you need to keep your ass at home because we don't want you there. There is as bad as they're playing, and no one is more upset about it than I am. There is absolutely no need to boo the team. I agree. At all. And and don't give this crap, you know, I'm booing the coaches or I'm booing the band or I'm booing the solo trumpet player. I mean, a boo's a boo, and, and we know what you're talking about, and that's just uncalled for. The second is our players need to look themselves in the mirror, and they need to make a promise to themselves. They need to promise that they are going to go out there and play to the best of their ability and as absolutely hard as they can against the Tennessee Volunteers, who we owe an ass-whipping to for what they did to us two years ago on our home turf. And if they do that and they play as hard as they can, win, lose, or draw, I'm happy. Hell, two years in a row. Well, no, I'm not happy if we lose. But I'm going to be satisfied that we've put out a good effort. And, And that's my biggest problem so far this year. I don't think we have put a good effort out. And we don't need to be, they don't need to be taking Tennessee lightly. Hell, they don't need to be taking anybody lightly. But, I mean, Tennessee should have beaten LSU, who is probably a better team than anyone that we have played this year, maybe debatable on Arkansas. I agree. I totally agree. And let me tell you something. If you can't get up as a player or as a fan for this game, the way this team has beat us like a drum two years in a row, I mean, in Fulmer's last year, when he was on his last legs, in the season that they lost to Wyoming, they still handed us our ass. And then last year, we were little Kiffy's first SEC win. When Kiffin said, I will never lose to Georgia as long as I'm here. Now, little did we know how right he was about that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, dude, we, we really, really, for lots of reasons, we've got to bring home a W this weekend. There, and I'll tell you, it's setting up. You know, what about the dogs being a 13, 12, 11, 12, 13 point favorite, old dog? Man, that was just, that, that, that was crazy. Someone <laughs> in Las Vegas had just lost their mind. Oh my gosh. So let's talk about prep for this Tennessee game. Old dog, on Monday, we ran a drill in full pads. Wait, you're going to love this. Do you know what the drill was called? The drill was called first and goal from the four and no passing allowed. We ran over and over first and goal from the four, first and goal from the four with no passing over and over and over. You know, but that drilled into his, in his head is Bobo. Yeah, I know. Exactly. We need to get Bobo doing the right things in that situation, you know, making the right calls. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Tennessee. They've got a, First-year starter under center, uh, Matt Sims. They've got a first-year starter as a running back, just like Aaron Murray. They've got first two first-year starters in the backfield. Their offensive lineman has two freshmen and two sophomores. And um, one of their, you know, experienced guys is uh, is kind of hurt. Um, I forgot the kid's name. Uh, Dallas Thomas, their left tackle. Their blindside tackle is gimpy all this week and may not even play. I'm telling you right now, old dog, key to this game for us, one of the keys to this game, is going to be getting pressure on Matt Sims. He has had 19 sacks this year. 19 sacks 
Tennessee's offensive line has given up. If we can't put pressure on Matt Sims, if we can't establish a pass rush early and often, we are not going to have a pass rush this year. It's either going to show up this week or it ain't going to show up. Well, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and with that, nothing makes a defensive backfield look better than a good, hard pass rush. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm telling you what, we, just in Houston. We need to do. Well, I mean, I got a little problem here. You're breaking up a little bit, old dog. I don't know why, but, um, Justin Houston, if he can't get pressure on Matt Sims this week, he ain't never going to get pressure on anybody. So I think that's a huge key for us this year, in this in this week in particular. Oh, doubt about, about it. Uh, we need to look at this as the start of our season and start anew. I mean, what's past is past, and you know it, it's going on. And we need to we need to take Tennessee as make it our first SEC victory, and let's go from there. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's what we're going to – listen, the key on defense for us this week is going to be pressure Matt Sims. Um, when we're on offense, you got to know uh, their defense is not very good. Their defense gave up a 1,000 yards to a team with dragons on the side of their helmets, you know. Now, I'll tell you one thing they are good at, though, and that's take that's takeaways. They've been pretty good on turnovers. They took three picks off of LSU this past week. Um, they're good at making turnovers. What do you think? Are we going to be able to stem the tide of fumbles and turnovers, old dog? I hope so. Uh, you know, and it's just inexplicable what we've been doing. But, you know, starting Carlton Thomas is not, is not the answer either. Although I don't think he's put it on the ground. But, I mean, he's, he's our number three running back. I mean, we have got to show confidence in these kids. You know, if Caleb King's the guy to start, which I guess he is because he's a better blocker, and I think he and Ely are probably 1A and 1B as far as being able to run the ball, then that's what we need to do. Um, what would help a lot, and again, you know, I harp on this week in, week out, but the damn offensive line has got to block. I mean, yeah, Caleb King put the ball on the ground, but one of the reasons he did is because as soon as he took the handoff, there was a damn linebacker sitting there ready to smack him right in the mouth. Reason he was there, nobody blocked his ass. <laughs> That's exactly you know, right. I mean, it, 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 the, the, it, I can't. <laughs> Settle down, old dog. Settle down, settle down, old dog. You're, 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 man, you're, you're freaking out, man. I understand you're I upset. I know you're upset. I gotta pull it, I gotta pull myself together. <laughs> oh, man. How about this? We've got, um, you know, I've been kind of, uh, tongue in cheek talking about our punt return, or, you know, if you want to call what we've been doing so far this year, a punt return team. Um, Brandon Smith is out this week, probably going to be out for more than one or even two weeks, you know, suffering his second concussion. He's got to get his head right, um, before he can come back. And and a lot lot of (laughs) (laughs) You like that, don't you? Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith's got to get his head right. Jakar Hamilton got to get his head right too. Um, but, uh, we've been practicing, um, AJ Green says he wants the rock on punt returns, man. And, 
You know, it's something I've talked about before. Man, if Patrick Peterson at LSU and Randall Cobb at Kentucky and Julio Jones at Alabama, if those guys can return punts without fear of injury and, you know, not being saved up, um, I think A.J. Green is fair game to return punts. I mean, you know, I, I what are we saving him for? You know what I mean? Absolutely. What, are, what are we saving him for? Yeah. Let's, I mean, he's well-rested. <laughs> yeah, he's well-rested. Let's run him, baby. Let's run him till he drops, man. Yeah. I, I'm all in on our best ball carrier returning punts. Um, yeah, and, of course, if he gets hurt, I'll get 100 phone calls about how it's my fault that he got hurt. You know, but Well, you know, I mean, you can't, and, and we've said it before, or the same thing over and over again, you can't go into a football game playing not to lose, playing not to get hurt. And maybe that's part of what we've been doing, and maybe that's why we're getting our ass handed to us week in and week out. Yeah, you got to play to. You got to have have your best at all times, and you've got to let them do what they need to do. Well said, well said, man. And I'll tell you, I want to back up to one thing you said early because it was something on my note sheet as well um, about the fans. I, I, I'm telling you, and I know, I know. I, I have a problem every week. There's a guy who sits behind me in my section, okay, section 107. He's up there about row 20. I don't know the guy's name or anything like that. But I'm telling you, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt during the first seat, during the first series this week, he's going to scream something like, why don't you block, O-line? You suck, old O-line. Um, you know, I mean, you know, Caleb King, you suck. All you do is fumble. I mean, he just sits up there and screams all the time about everything that's bad and everything that's wrong. And, man, I really can't stand Boy, that Boy, I bet guy. he's hoarse by now, isn't he? Yeah. I really can't stand that guy. And I'm just, I'm just saying, I just want to reiterate what you said. Fans, real Georgia fans have got to show up. We got to be loud and we got to not quit. You can't expect your team to not quit. You can't expect to get the best out of your team if all you're going to do is boo them and tell them what they're doing wrong and, and leave during the third quarter. You know? I mean, hell, you get what you pay for. You get what you're asking for with that kind of behavior. You know? So I really want fans to show up, be loud, and don't quit early. Exactly. I mean, we need to be supportive of the team. We are asking these kids to step their game up, and we need to support them in every way we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, on one other, what I feel like is a really important note, we even got a phone call about this. I'm going to play it at the end of the show. Um, uh, changing- it's, it's not from sh- – it's not from your Buckeye fan, is it? No, no, no. We're done with the Buckeye <laughs> caller. Okay, I got enough email. and Everybody's done with the Buckeye guy. Okay, he was funny for a couple of calls, but now, you know, I don't know. But, um, no, uh, talking about the changing of the collar, about the fact that we've had, you know, with all due respect, I, Russ brought us a big victory, you know, in the in the – down on North Avenue last year. He brought us a big victory. But there's only so much that a brown and white bulldog can do. And the changing of the collar, Uga 8, is coming online for homecoming against Vandy. But I would like to think that wherever he is down there in Savannah on the palatial Siler estate, that Uga 8 is going to be, you know, he's ready. I don't know why we didn't call him up for this week. I don't know why we're waiting for Vandy. 
So I'm ready for Russ to move on and for a real UGA 8 to take on the sideline. And I think that and a Tennessee victory is going to be what it takes to turn his team around this year. Well, I mean, something's got to happen. And I tell you what, if for some reason, I wouldn't, we might want to save UGA until next season. Oh, come on, old dog. Just keep us around. No, no, no. What are you saving him for? What are we going to put him in the same place? You're right. We're going to put him in the same cryogenic storage that we got AJ Green. <laughs> Look, ain't no saving, baby. There ain't no tomorrow. We we got to play ball right now. There ain't no tomorrows. You're right. You're right. I mean, I need to I need to practice what I preach. <laughs> oh, we yeah. need to pull off everything, and we need to get us a pure white bulldog on the side. Hell, I'm ready for Uga Nine if that's what it takes. You know, I mean, uh, we we get there. There ain't no tomorrows, baby. Um, I tell you a couple other things. What about um, you know, I, I'm glad to see that um, Buck Ballou, you know, awesome observer of the program, inside observer of the program that he is. Did you see in his column this week where he said he's coming to the conclusion that maybe, just maybe, our strength and conditioning program's not where it needs to be. Isn't that amazing? He, he said he'd been looking at some of the Alabama players and looking at the way they fill out their uniforms and looking at our guys and saying, man, maybe our guys aren't as big as their guys. Maybe they're not as strong. And he said that he'd heard rumors, old dog. I know, I know this is crazy. But he'd heard rumors that some players had their had hired their own personal trainers, and that practice had been outlawed by strength coach Dave Van Hallinger because – they could get everything they need out of the Georgia strength and conditioning program. Why would they need personal trainers? And um, I just want to congratulate Buck Ballou on, you know, he's three years late. But, hey, don't worry about the fact that you're three years late on this, Buck. You're, you're, you're in the pool with us now, and, and come on in. The water's warm, my friend. Yeah, you know, just remember where you heard it first. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, if he's still around, I hope that little jerk up in Gainesville, Georgia, writing for that paper remembers who he called out. Damn Skippy. I wonder where he's at right now. Um, so, you know, all in all, pretty big week. Oh, and you had, you had something you wanted to say about the count too, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and on those same lines, and, and you may want to send Buck the link to those three things. Drew the count Van Gorp. Great, great homework. I mean, he has put to get, he has strung together three YouTube videos that need to be watched. If, if our harping on our strength and conditioning or lack thereof has gotten you down, you need to watch these three and you will be a true disciple of Derek and the old dog in this. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to put them in the show notes and you got to watch them in order. Okay. So I'm going to put them in the show notes in the order that I want you to watch them. You got to, there are three videos, one, two, three, and you just watch them in order. And the, the trick is once you watch the videos, you got to figure out which one of the three videos doesn't belong, which one's different. Kind of like go back to your old Sesame Street days. Which one of these is not like the other? Yeah. And uh, once you do that, you're, you're going to be you're going to be on board. You're going to be smelling what we're cooking here in the bunker, baby. Absolutely. Um, that's a you know that's about all we've got for this week. I mean, we've got we got to move the ball on offense, and we got to pressure Sims on defense. It, yeah, there's and nothing, and win the football game. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's really you know if we were if if either team was good, we could do some breakdowns and talk about some matchup and things like that. But I mean. We just need to play to our potential. 
we need to get our heads out of our collective behinds and we need to play Georgia football like I think these kids know how to do. Mm-hmm. And, and they've got, they've got to lay it out on the field. Don't, you know, just play normal Georgia football. Tackle. Don't try to headbutt somebody down to the ground. You know, Vance Cuff, don't, don't get four personal foul penalties. Um, you know, just, just play with your head held high. Don't, you know, and, and play Georgia football. Be where you need to be. Make the tackle when it comes. Hit the hole when you need to. And most importantly of all, block the man in front of you. Sounds great. Piece of cake, man. <laughs> Keys to the victory. No problem, right? Just play there football. There you go. Just play football. Yeah, just, just, if we play to our potential, then we're going to win this football game. And really, that's all you need to know. And also, uh, did you see the note from the from Rogers Redding? This is something completely unrelated. Did you see the note this week from Rogers Redding about uh, the end of the LSU Tennessee game? And did you did you actually see the end of the LSU Tennessee game? I, I did. I not live, but I did see some highlights of it. Did you see the LSU player, like number 53 or whatever, after the fumble, when he thought the game was over, that kid takes his helmet off and throws it. I'm not kidding. I mean, his helmet went like 20 yards. 20 yards in the air. I mean, he, yeah. he didn't just throw his helmet down. He threw his helmet like like he was assaulting a castle in Middle England, okay? And um, Rogers Redding, the master, the master of irony, the master of the double standard, said, "Hey, you know what? It was a big play. It, it was a big game. It was a big play. You know, we're always." He's, he, he said, "We are always going to allow these players to show their emotion on an, uh, an immediate basis like that because, you know, after all, they're 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 just teenagers playing a game." Boy, I tell you what. If you're AJ Green and you read that quote and saw that video and then you think back to your unsportsmanlike call you got last year for um whatever it was that they thought he did in the end zone after the touchdown against LSU, you know, I guess AJ would have been better off if he'd taken his helmet off and thrown it at a ref or maybe thrown his helmet into the stands or something. Hell, there'd been no flag then because he's just a teenager, you know, acting out on a big play, you know? Can you believe the well, gall of that guy? It- well, the the stupidity of his explanation of it, it it was real easy. The kid thought the game was over, and so did the referees. And when the and when the final whistle blows, that guy could have stripped naked, and they couldn't have thrown a penalty on him. I'm telling you, though, I I'm just sick. I of mean, death. his his explanation was absolutely ludicrous as to what happened because the answer was real simple. The kid thought the game was over, and so did the referees. And by the time they sorted it all out, some guy throwing his helmet in the air was was minute compared to what had to go on. Yeah, I know, but my point is, you know, my point is they flag AJ Green for nothing, and then they don't flag LSU for a kid, for throwing your day. Yeah, I he, I, yeah, I, agree, I know what you're but, saying. But you my thought point, the game was my over. point is the game was over. Yeah, I know the game was over. If, and and if, if A.J. Green had scored a touchdown with zero seconds to go and thrown his helmet in the air, they couldn't have flagged him either. Oh, so you're coming down on the side of Rogers Redding, then. You're coming no. down on the side of the no, illustrious no, no, I'm SEC I'm saying, officials? No, I'm saying his explanation was was totally wrong and was very uncalled for. The, the ac- actual explanation of the reason 
a penalty wasn't called is because everybody, including the officials, thought the game had ended. Well, except for the official that was counting the damn Tennessee players. He didn't think the game was over. Well, that's true. He should have thrown a flag, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, I got you. Okay, I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's an amazing double standard. It is. A ridiculous double standard. And touching on one other ludicrous thing as long as we're doing this. Is we've got some conspiracy conspiracy theories out there about Michael Adams, who nobody dislikes Michael Adams more than I do, but he is. But they are trying now to blame him for twelve o'clock kickoffs because he doesn't want people to tailgate. Yeah, if you're not if you're not privy to what's happening on the campus, the there's been a lot of talk in the red and black this week that it's you know this is the master stroke of Michael Adams. He you know he. He he banned pretty much banned all things good on North Campus, you know. Yeah. And then in a masterful final nail in the coffin, conspired with all the TV networks to make us all our games be at noon, which pretty much which finished <laughs> yeah. off North Campus tailgating, you know. You know. But unless he went to Coach Rick and said, "I need you to tell the team to lay down because we don't need any 3:30." Or seven or seven thirty kickoffs. I mean, you know, enough's enough. It, they need to run. Michael Adams needs his ass run out of Athens on a rail. But this is getting a little too bizarre. I know. If if our football team was playing good, we'd be kicking it off at three thirty or seven o'clock or seven thirty. The reason you play at noon or you play on Thursday night is because that's where you deserve to be playing. It's because you're drawing less viewers. I mean, that's the bottom line. More viewers later in the day. And if you're playing at noon, it's because there are less people interested in watching your game, flat out. Um, Last thing for this show this week, I want to congratulate our pool winner for this week in the football pool. was not me, by the way. I still have not cracked the top 100. But, and that's unreal, but but you're, you're just killing it in the other one. Well, I don't know if I killed it this past week, I don't think. I, I had a couple of good weeks early, but I don't think I'm killing it anymore. But the winner in our pool this week was a guy named uh, Sistemp, S-Y-S-T-E-M-P. So if you're Sistemp, you've got some swag coming if you send email, email me your address. And I also, friend of the show. Overall leader for the season, old dog. Get who do you think it is who's winning for the season? The the one and only Burton Dial. Wow. The the, the one and only the great Burt Dial is yes, winning indeed. for the season right now through week five. And uh, I'm happy for Burton. No He's, one no one deserves it more. That's right. He it, we're hoping he hangs on hangs on and and wins the trophy for the season. You know. And so, wins the all expense paid trip. <laughs> yes, to the bunker. <laughs> uh, there you go. All expenses paid. You get your very own cot. You get a little. You get a little. A little cotton blanket. Um, yeah. Some hard tack. <laughs> hard tack and an instant coffee, baby. <laughs> so uh, let's rock and roll in the bunker. So anyway, dog fans, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, we do have a noon kickoff, twelve twenty one kickoff between the dogs and the volunteers. Give us a call at seven zero six three six three zero two one zero or email us at dogcast at gmail dot com. We appreciate all your feedback. Thanks for all the calls and the emails. We will see you in Sanford Stadium at noon this Saturday. And if you're not there, hey, we'll come back on Sunday with a post game show and tell you everything that happened. Thanks for listening. Go dogs. Absolutely. Derek, no dog. This is Bentley up in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um man, I fi- I figured this out. Um, 
it just occurred to me, we haven't had a mascot. We've been uggaless, and we're about to name the mascot before the Randy game. We're getting Ugga 8. <laughs> Guys, that's it. That's all the, all the problems right there. There we go. I mean, you can't be University of Virginia without an Ugga. Or, excuse me, you can't be University of Georgia without an Ugga. I live in Virginia, that's so why I made that mistake. Um, flat out, there you go. That, that problem solved, season's going to turn around, everything will be better. <laughs> All right, later. Hey, guys, uh, this is Tracy out in SoCal. Just wanted to um, drop you guys a line um, regarding my favorite caller from Columbus, uh, Mr. Ohio State. I don't know if the dude's on crack or what. I still haven't get why he's uh, calling into a Georgia line, but uh, I wish I wanted to keep calling because uh, I love the points he makes. I love how he calls and talks about how you know the SEC just absolutely sucks. You know, Georgia's as bad as it gets. You know, man, South Carolina, you know, doesn't get much worse than that. But um, somebody needs to like, get send uh, Ohio wherever he is up there the internet, and uh, maybe he can just hop on that little thing. I don't know. And if they have the internet up there, um, but he can get on there and look up uh, Ohio State's record versus an SEC team and all those crappy SEC teams. And uh, I think I know what he'll find. They've yet to beat one. So um, even crappy, crappy, crappy SEC teams hand Ohio State their ass when they don't play a high school team. So, hey, buddy from Ohio, uh, Columbus, keep on calling. And uh, anyway, talk to you all soon.